Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, recording here uh, from NGC Studios, and I want to thank you so very much for listening. I actually have a guest uh, for today's podcast. I know that on Thursdays, I usually do a uh, solo kind of rant-style podcast, something political or something... uh, you know, in the culture war or something like that. But today, I uh, I wanted to take some time to sit down with uh, one of my new favorite up-and-coming podcasters, Robbie Robertson, who hosts uh, Out of the Blank, uh, which is a good podcast. I was on his podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, and my podcast on uh, his podcast, if that makes any sense, uh, may or may not be out at at the time you're hearing this, but regardless, uh, Robbie and I had a great conversation on this podcast uh, when we uh, recorded tonight. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you uh, enjoy this episode. Robbie Robinson is uh, just a great guy. We uh, talked about several topics, including uh, podcasting, just human nature, uh, music, video games, movies, comic books. We didn't really cover anything political, but, uh, you know, I think we covered things that were actually more important than just politics. We covered a whole gamut of topics, and 
you know, after all, folks, I know that that's what you guys uh, come here for is just to hear interesting perspectives from from interesting people, and uh, of course, interesting perspectives from your host. But uh, it was very good to uh, hear from my friend Robbie Robertson. Uh, great podcast, great, uh, you know, great guy. I think you guys will like him, and uh, I sure as hell do. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the up-and-coming powerhouse of podcasting, Mr. Robbie Robertson. All right, folks, so uh, welcome to the Whitfield Report Thursday edition, and uh, as mentioned before, I'm here with podcaster Robbie Robertson of the Out of the Blank podcast, which I thoroughly enjoy, and uh, a lot of you guys know Robbie's background already from the intro I did, but uh, anyway, I rarely get a chance to talk with uh, other podcasters, so first of all, Robbie, I want to welcome you to the uh, program. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Dude, that introduction made it sound like I was about to be on like a documentary or something. It was pretty interesting. I liked it. Well, th- well, thank you. So, But, uh, you know, I just like to uh, converse with other people as you do. So first off, I kind of want to get into uh, the topic of we're both podcasters and uh, I don't know you, but I don't, I really get to talk to other people actually uh produce podcasts so i kind of want to get into like how you got into podcasting first as like a listener and then um you know kind of what made you decide to do your show in the format that you do it because it's very it's uh fascinating the way you do your podcast uh so how i got into it um, I, for a long time was working out. I mean, I still work out, but I like every day for seven years now. And I've always listened to something while I was working out and it was always like a Joe Rogan podcast. And, um, it, it was like, I was listening to it. And at one point, like last year, I was like, why am I not doing this? And, um, I just decided, hey, maybe I should start one. But the real basis for it really came down when a buddy of mine was experiencing something I was experiencing, just being kind of feeling like you're in the same routine and life's just going to be the same thing over and over again, where there was nothing new added on to it. And, you know, after a couple hour talk, um, kind of talking down from the ledge in a way, I realized that like we're all going through like this depressive state. And we need, a, we need a way for our voice to be heard, but not in the type of tweeting sense where you can tweet something and next thing you know, you know, you get a million likes, million shares, million, that acceptance that everyone gets. It's, it's the concept of you have stuff that people are going to be interested talking about, whether it's a certain niche, like for you focusing on like political things and talking to people, uh, doing interviews. Um, for me, I, I didn't like interviews, but I liked finding stuff out more about people. I try and stick to the basis of conversations, yeah, but same here. it 
it always usually kind of seems a little bit structured, but I tell people like, ask me anything you want. If you want to butt in while I'm talking, go ahead. You know what I mean? I'm down to just understand, at least take an hour to at least understand everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way as we kind of, you know, talked beforehand. I mean, this isn't really an interview. I much the same way. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as kind of a lazy interviewer. When I when I have to work under the uh, kind of the Q and A interview format, uh, you know, I I don't know why. It's not that like it's not. That I think I'm a fake interviewer, but I think like the interview format has just kind of been so structured that it's kind of fake in a in a sense. So, well, I your idea of it would be people are already kind of living a pretty structured lifestyle. You kind of want to change it up a little bit, man. Like, you know, when one day you decide I'm going to sleep with socks on instead of taking my socks off. It's just about adding something different into your life, which kind of seems like it ends up being boring and bland. I mean, how many times do you wake up and it's the same routine over and over again? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think, I think having some routine is good, but yeah, I mean, I think kind of the monotony of, you know, um, you should definitely be showering. That's definitely a good thing to keep in the routine. But we yeah. doing the same thing over and over again. And a lot of people are doing nowadays, they're just going home and trying to sleep. They don't go out and experience the world anymore, because it's just too hard, or it's too much. You know what I mean? It's not it's it's much easier just to roll in the bed and watch Netflix all day. As much as that is awesome, especially after a long work day. It's not super, super healthy to do that every single day for years and years and years, eventually you become very disconnected from the world around you. One of, one of the things too, that I kind of find is interesting about, you know, the conversational podcast sphere, like you and I have is we can start talking at like one thing, you know, and then end up on like a completely different subject you know, like, uh, aliens. Yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah. A yeah. Aliens. Hot pockets. Name it. They all go down the line. Well, they're, they're all, they're all inter interconnected at some level too. I believe Bigfoot rides a, in a giant UFO, probably eating a hot pocket. Well, there, well, there you go. Um, you know, I, I listened to what if, I, I listened to one of your podcasts recently where you were talking with the UFO where you weren't talking with like with like a UFO guy. I, for, I forget the the guy's name, but he he's the guy who kind of runs the con, one of the conspiracy pod casts out there. Or the, I guess the alternative science. And that's a real interesting topic because you don't really hear like a lot about that in and of itself. Are you talking about my buddy Robert who runs the Uncanny Earth? Yeah, yeah, Unca Uncanny Earth. I, I was, I was blanking on on the name. So see, what's crazy is I I don't have a dumb bar limit when it comes to the amount of things I can remember. I remember every single conversation with every single person I've had. I've podcasted with hundreds of people across the globe, and it's interesting, man, because everybody's got different things about them that makes them unique but we all come down to the same basis when we start thinking about these mysteries to life and also the fascination that people are really really weird in the world today not in a weird like that guy's got four toes on one foot but the whole idea like weird as in they don't like how 
everything around them seems like a giant act or ploy. Well, the one thing that I really don't like today is kind of how everyone self-censors themselves. And I, I say that like, obviously, I don't want, you know, someone going out there and propagating like actual light and hate speech, um, you know, that, that like really is hate speech. But at the same time, it feels like a lot of people are kind of guarded as to like what we've as to like what we're allowed to say now in like polite society because I like everyone's afraid of getting shamed or you know and like not even in the political realm you know just kind of in general it seems like a lot of people just you know generally in public these days kind of tend to either put on an act or whatnot because they feel like it's socially acceptable whereas i'm we we structure ourselves off like a gym that works nine to five that's not me i mean i do work a nine to five but i I don't you know it's not what i want to be displayed as i want to be displayed as you know robbie i want to be displayed as me as a person my thoughts my emotions my feelings i try not to hide any of that in real life yeah i do get pissed off at the people in the store that are looking down at their cell phone but i try and understand it from an open-minded point of view i've tried to be more open-minded at least just to the concept of there's so many possibilities out there i can't really rule off anything with a certain specification or something Sure, sure. I, I, I do think, though, that it's, it's interesting because, I mean, social media has, like, a lot of positives in the sense that, you know, you and I were able to connect, like, out of the blue. I think I found you on Reddit, like, in the, in the podcasting Reddit, and that was just, like, I wasn't even looking for, like, shows to go on at that point. You know, you just kind of you just popped up in my Reddit feed, you know? So that's like a positive thing of social media. But then like, I just see so many stupid like fights over nothing, you know, too on like social media too. Oh yeah, Facebook started out nothing but people complaining on stuff. They were just constantly bitching about their day or problems. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like, like Twitter's that, you know, Twitter's just one hit wonder comedians like posting a funny line or something they think of. And then there's also just constantly people just fighting all over the place, all over social media, whatever it is, you know, there's someone that has to throw their opinion in the ringer. And I'm like, does that even matter? The concept, like the fact that stand up comedians cannot do their art or act anymore on the concept of that. They're going to offend somebody. And when they do say something outrageous, there's like, people are like, Oh, you just said that. It's like, but it's a joke. You paid for a comedy show. You should know what you're getting into. Someone's going to tell jokes. You might not like it. Right. Well, I, well, like this, this whole thing, I, I'm kind of glad you, you brought that up because I, I did kind of want to you know, ask you, it seems like you and I are both there into, um, you know, comedy. I don't do, I don't do comedy, but I'm like a comedy enthusiast as I put in my uh, Twitter bio. So, you know, like I watch a lot of socials too and, I haven't seen Dave's new special yet. I'm going to try and watch that after we uh, get done here. But like all there's, there's this controversy like surrounding Dave Chappelle and like surrounding, you know, 
like other comedians like Louis C.K. is is another perfect example. Like, you know, Dave Chappelle actually talks about Louis C.K. in his new special too. Yeah, everyone wants to talk about the new Dave Chappelle special because everything he said, everyone's like, he just said that. Okay, but everything he said is true. We have an outrageous look at what things offend us. We are focusing on the wrong thing as humankind. We're focused on like LGBT. Oh, you can't make fun of them. You can't make fun of someone's someone's interest. You can make fun of literally anything. There's an extent to it though. There's a point when it's comedy and there's a point when it's bullying, okay? The problem is bullying became so impactful into society today where kids were committing suicide and truly actually being hurt by it. All because of the fact that bullying used to be a formative thing as a kid, okay? I was bullied pretty bad, but it formed me to be able to turn into the fitness freak I am today. Yeah, that's there's a good thing about it and a bad thing about it. Sure, sure. Same same with same with me. You know, like I I brought up the fact and you know, my audience knows and your audience if they've heard the podcast with me, they they know I'm in a that I'm in a, in a wheelchair. You know, like I and believe it or not, like that's when I got bullied, like that was actually not what I got bullied for most of the time. Most of the time it was like for other stuff too. And like, you know, like that's, that's the other thing too, is like, you know, kids are, the kids who are bullies to like one person or to one individual or to one group that they tend to be assholes to, you know, everyone. And that's just people in general, I've noticed. So. I I think it's like, you see one kid bullying another kid. Now you can choose to look at that pain and let it stop you from progressing forward. I know I've had my moments where it's been like, I don't want to go to fucking school, man. Or you try and avoid someone in the hallway. You know, those fearful moments just because you don't know how to deal with the situation. It's especially if you're someone that doesn't handle stress well, but the problem is social media has been a benefit and a very huge detriment to society today. The concept of people are going to say something they would not say to a person's face because they're hiding behind a screen is a very big problem. Um, It makes you be irrational in your types of thinking, and it makes you be irrational on the things that you would say to somebody. You wouldn't normally say this certain hurtful comment to someone if they were face-to-face in front of you. So why would you say it online? Well, the idea that you're hiding behind a screen. That makes it very difficult for anybody to see a rationalization in what they're saying. Plus, everything on the internet kind of stays forever. There's people that used to create pages on other kids making fun of them the whole time. And then those kids would commit suicide. So people became very sensitive. Parents became very sensitive. People started realizing that there's a side to people where if they get pushed to the point, they'll end it all. So that makes it very, very we, – we kind of tilted – I guess the line for that yeah. brought it cl- closer to being more sensitive. So when Dave Chappelle's special came out, I laughed outrageously at it. He could have made fun of me. I've listened, I've listened to black comedians make fun of white comedians. There's, sh- I, I don't believe in race. I believe comedy is funny in no matter what aspect, but I also believe that you have to realize everything wait, wait, he was wait, saying. Wait, 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 Robbie, Robbie, you said you don't believe in, you, you said you don't believe in race. Well, when I say I don't believe in race, race is a thing, obviously. There's different people that are different 
whatever uh, ethnicities, all these different types right. of things. But I've been a minority. Um, I still am a minority at my job today. So I know what it's like to understand the concept of white privilege. I know what that is. I, I, I understood. I was never comfortable even around people that are white, even around people that are the same skin color as me. I actually felt that I vibed more with people of a different skin color, only on the concept of I never felt I mean, I, I, at my work, I work on all Latina housekeeping staff. So I know what it's like to have that kind of stigma of being the only white person on the staff and trying to break through that race border. But sure. I saw that as, as a thing I needed to fix in myself. Right. See, I, and I, I was kind of like, I, I was going to make a joke that, that it's 2019 and you're not woke enough if, you know, if you don't. And see, like, and see, like that's the other thing is like, um, I mean, ra racism, and this this sticks a lot of people off when I say this, but racism can work both ways, and it can, you know, like I I've met racist white people and I've met racist black people, and you know, on the flip side, I've met you know terrific people of all skin colors, and so what I what I learned to judge is the fact that you treat me with respect, I'm going to treat you with respect, no matter who you are, no matter what you are. As long as you're always right by me, I'll do right by you. But the concept of people don't understand and can't look past the race barrier. There are so many people that are closed off to it. It's taken me forever to break down the race barrier at my work. Now, these people that I've worked with for two to three years now, they are like my family in a way, even though we're not connected at all. But I've seen the side of them that is caring. I've seen them like where they would feel uncomfortable, one Latino person being around an all white group of people, where they would feel uncomfortable and out of place. I saw that in myself and I realized that was something I needed to fix. Why the hell am I feeling uncomfortable around people that don't look like me? Is it because it's not familiar? Well, maybe I need to fix that. And right. I did. I, I don't I, I don't get uncomfortable around that. Actually, I'm more interested into what they are like, what 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 they're interested in. It's um it's it's eye opening. I think a lot of people are scared of what's different, and when something is different, we're not open to it. We're not just we're closed off because it's new. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think I think that's you know the case for like you know aside from race, I think that's like the, the case for like ninety you know per percent of things like you know i like like when like when one of my friends came out as like one of my friends came out as gay and like all of it it was kind of like it was kind of weird at first it wasn't necessarily because i was like against him being gay it was just kind of like at that at that time i had never really like like i i had heard of you know gay people but like i you know and like i i knew that they existed but like one had never actually existed like in my personal life that i knew about that was open about it and so like it was new but then like you know kind kind of talking with them about it like i realized that like they were this they were still the same person you know pretty much and i was still the same person and we were still able to be like you know, buddies, it was just like that one thing about them, you know, it wasn't like they weren't going to be able to, you know, I wasn't going to be able to give them like girls phone numbers anymore, you know, or anything like that. So, you know. That's crazy that you think of that. So just that having that kind of 
like change in your life? Did that find that you were a little bit kind of just freaked out a little bit, even though it might've been your friend or something? Do you find that that was something you might need to fix in yourself? I mean, I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was more of the case of like, it wasn't, again, it wasn't so much that I had a problem. It was like, it was more like, this is new and, uh, you know, like, like, you know, there, there, at the time there was like a whole kind of mythos, you know, around like, you know, people being gay. And like, this was, this was only like six years ago, but keep in mind, you know, like in six years, thing, things change. And so like, you know, there were, there was like a whole mythos that, you know, like, at least, you know, kind of where I, you know, came from in Colorado, you know, if your friend was gay, he would, you know, hit on you. And like, I didn't really believe that, but, you know, like, I guess I just had like more questions for the guy than anything. And he had questions, you know, kind of for me, like looking on the, uh, on the other side. And, you know, it, like I said, it was, interesting because it was kind of like oh well you know you're you're gay um but you know like for me like i i one of my buddies kind of came out as gay and i literally just went with it i was like is is that gonna stop me from hanging out with you hell no like we're still gonna be cool as shit but like it it was crazy because he said it and then i immediately gave him this like joke response where he felt like he was comfortable again like immediately him telling me that he felt like i was going to react in some way that he was scared to lose me as a friend and the first thing i said was like dude i always knew you like to suck dick as a joke right but it it was like i I want you to feel normal around me i don't want you acting something that you're not if you are truly that then be it be yourself you know why are we why are we all so worried about what others are going to think of us and truly forget who we are because we're just scared that no one's going to like the true us well i mean i mean like like i i like i like i made i made a joke to my friend and he he laughed he laughed about it i said dude like i have no problem that you're you know gay just kind of ripping off louis ck's joke you know just just don't be a just don't be a fag about about it so you know, and we had like a good chuckle about that. So, um, you know, and I mean, kind of again, going back to going back to the comedy, you know, to going back to the whole comedy thing. I mean, I find that like a lot of this stuff that I think tears us apart. Like, if we could learn to laugh at ourselves more and to not take everything so seriously, I think the world would be like a lot, you know better now i mean obviously there are some things that we should take seriously but like i just i feel like the world makes serious that thing well it creates tension in a place there shouldn't be tension we're looking at really unrealistic ways of expressing hatred and anger towards the dumbest stupidest jokes and comments someone can make you know we're letting it take control of our lives rather than just be a quick instance where we're like, that's not right. And then walk away from it. But we decide that investing more of our time into that and trying to get this person condemned for the jokes they crack on stage or the jokes they say, or the things they think and trying, we try so hard to change their view. It's like, 
people think things for a reason. They've had experiences through life. They have thoughts on the world. They've understood. This is how they come to grasp with some things. This isn't like being a teacher and you're trying to teach all these people that they're wrong and you're right. No, this is people have different thoughts. You sitting there trying to change their thoughts is not going to do anything. They have to try and come to that realization in, in their self if they're wrong. Or you have to come to that realization in yourself. One of the, yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up. One of the other things that kind of bugs me about, you know, the state of the world is, uh, you know, people... And I mean, it happens in all types of situations, but like specifically with, with Louis C.K., right? Like someone, and I mean, I guess the same thing happened with, uh, oh, I, I can't remember who, who's the comedian that got like kicked out of hosting the Oscars? Kevin um, Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Kevin and, Hart's was different though. I uh, mean... Well, hold on. Dave Chappelle talked about this in his new special. Dave Chappelle talked about Kevin Hart, how that's his one dream was doing that. And they pulled up a tweet from like 10 years ago where right. he talked about something about gay people. He said that if his son was gay, he'd bash him in the head with a dollhouse or something. Some right. stupid joke. But they look at that one little thing that he said in his whatever digital footprint and forget immediately everything that he's done that's been amazing charities his right. whole rational way of thinking but no one looks at that when we say something about hillary clinton where she used to not be for same-sex marriage and then next thing you know she's for same-sex marriage that didn't even really bother anybody that people were just still kind of went with the notion of hillary clinton and i'm like so then why are we condemning Kevin Hart for something he said 10 years ago when Hillary Clinton said something even kind of like weird where she was totally against gays by saying that five years ago? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, and yeah, I mean, that's that's ludicrous. Even with like more of an extreme situation with like Louis, like, look, I'm not necessarily condoning what he, you know, what he necessarily did. It's weird, but at like... But the one thing that everyone seems to forget with, like, Louie is that he said, look, I fucked up. I, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I was younger. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I, I'm sorry. And so, you know what, like, the other thing I've learned about myself and just about people is people fuck up. People make mistakes. And I think to a certain extent, people do deserve a second chance. But now we also live in a society where it's like, whether it be Kevin Hart just making like an innocent joke or Louis C.K. who, you know, did do something, you know, bad and wants forgiveness, you know, we kind of are like, well, no, you have to be perfect 100% of the time. There's no chance for redemption. And I just think that's ridiculous. So... I think it's a concept that, you know, you got you to gotta see Dave Chappelle's new special, dude, because after this podcast, yeah. well, post the podcast first and then watch the special because then you'll be like, damn, I should have watched the special before the podcast came out. Because everything you said, he talks about Louie, talks about all this stuff. It's a concept. We put more belief in celebrities than we do with our politicians, the people that are supposed to be running the government. Well, I, I don't know if I don't know if you've listened to Ben Shapiro uh, very much, and I mean, I, I in 
I don't want to, you know, force the issue of politics if you're not comfortable in bring, bringing it up. But one of the things that Ben Shapiro uh, brings up, and granted he's conservative, but I think he makes a pretty good point is on both sides, we've tended to make our politicians celebrities. Now, starting with the Kennedy family, really, and, uh, you know, that really, I mean, it, obviously has some benefits but again like our politicians shouldn't be celebrities they should you know they work for us not the other way around and so the kind of celebrity culture around leaders just has always kind of grossed me out i think the the attention span of people nowadays you can chalk it up to the same example as seals clapping their hands or that whole thing we're looking for something so simple just to entertain our brains and the simplest thing to do is vote a president who's a celebrity we want that it's going to turn into that movie i forgot what it's called with terry cruz where they're spraying the crops with that energy drink or that powerade type substance and it's like we have a president terry cruz who's literally like their on whatever their judgments on people like their court case is based in a monster truck arena and they just have to survive while being tied to a boulder. That's what we're going to get to. We're going to get to a point where television and these types of technology is going to make our life so damn easy that we forget how to take care of ourselves. You're seeing people bathe less because they get hooked onto video games or they go into these binges. They play for days. Hell, I'm one of those people sometimes depending on the day. And then you get people that go out and still try and do stuff in the world today, but then they get too aggressive because the concept of they're used to being aggressive online in a video game where it's not going to truly affect anybody's life. And then they go and project that and forget where the video game anger and the real life anger kind of coincide. You're going to get more aggressive if you don't know how to connect with people, if you don't know how to talk to people, if you don't deal with your problems correctly. And that's what creates a really bad environment around the world around you where you're constantly screaming and berating at people in stores and people that are working just because your attention spans, it's been lost. Well, that's also why I think sometimes it's beneficial to just to like unplug, you know, to, to a certain extent and like go, go outside for 40 you know, five minutes and just like take a walk. Don't have your music. Don't really have anything. Like sometimes I'll go outside like on the weekends and I'll just like you know roll on the neighbor just for like you know half an hour just with just with like and all I have is my Apple Watch really to check the time and it, it's it's stuff like that. We live in such like a connected and you know digitized world, but sometimes I think you know it, it gets to be a bit much and so. I mean, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but that is kind of one of the things that worries me a bit about this whole idea of, you know, virtual reality, you know, and VR goggles are kind of the, you know, are kind of the new things that are coming out. Because I, know, I don't know about you, but despite all my setbacks in life, I kind of like the reality that we live in. So, I mean, I love the world. I really do. I love that we have a lot to learn. I love the mysteries that it does hold, but I find that we choose to focus on the dumbest parts and the dumbest things. It becomes our main critical focus. Yeah. I just, I'm interested in why people choose to be like this. And it's kind of like, 
you know, I've tried to podcast with people and they go, what's your topic? What's your questions? What's your, I'm like, there is none. It's conversation. It's not so hard, but people don't know what that word means anymore. It's kind right. of scary in a way. Right. The, the, the way I kind of explain my podcast, at least when I inter interview people, I, I'm like, okay, so for my, the way I explain my solo podcast is I'm like, okay, have you ever heard of Bill Burr? And some of them are like, no, but then like a lot of them are like, yeah, I'm like, I, I do Bill Burr's podcast. And when I do solo podcast, it's just me kind of ranting into the ether of, you know, what whatever is in my mind and it's therapeutic i said other times when i'm interviewing people i like to think of it as i'm at a bar and i just start chatting with the guy next to me about whatever and just a natural conversation starts and we go from there yeah i think it's like the whole i relate a lot of things to bill burr because let me tell you I, I relate bill burr on such a level the fact that like he talks about cursing and he's like, he'll randomly be like looking for something. He's like, shit, where did I put that fucking thing? And then someone goes, like his wife goes up to him and goes, are you angry? Why are you upset? And he's like, no, I'm just cursing because it's, I'm cursing. I'm not upset at you. I'm just cursing. Like, why are you yelling? Oh my God. And he talks about that in one of his comedy specials. And I'm like, that is a hundred percent true because I curse in my everyday life and people think I'm angry all the time. I'm like, no, it's like. It's a minor stress relief. Literally, it is. If you drop like, shit, I forgot to freaking put the dishes away or shit. I for, you know, whatever. The list goes on and on. If you just incorporate that more in your life, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better. It literally creates these little minor fractions of stress that you basically kind of come to come together with on like a daily basis. It's like a little bit of therapy, but in the smallest form that you wouldn't even think of. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I swear a lot too. You know, it all admit like even, even in public, I don't, I don't swear a lot, but like I, I curse under my breath a lot too. Like you know, even like, you know, like you know, like fuck, I'm late for class. You know, it's not like I'm you know upset or anything. It's just you know, I also, I also like to express myself in in that medium. And you know, the other thing is, um, I. One of the other things is kind of weird to me is every time I go to the every time I go to the doctor for like a yearly exam or whatever, and I'm like, and they're like, so are, are you stressed out about anything? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a college student and I have a lot of you know term papers to write, you know, and all this stuff. They're always like, well, I'd like to write you a I'd like to write you like a prescription, you know, for so and so. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not depressed and I'm not suicidal. I'm just saying that like I have, you know, stress like everyone else, you know, and it's, it's normal. And like, that's the other thing is like, everyone kind of wants like a pill for everything now. And like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it does seem like, you know, we are kind of living in like a Fahrenheit 451 type of thing where everyone's just kind of baked on the TV set and everyone's taking happy pills now. Yeah, I think the world's looking for a way to cope with all the pain they they face us on like every day basis. You know, it's difficult though, man. Like, man, just talking about it throws you into a depressive slump. I mean, 
I try my best to kind of focus on the best aspects of life, but it gets a little hard when it seems like the world's just constantly shitting on you 24 seven. Oh, oh, sure. Sure. I, I have those, I have those moments. I have those moments too, but you know, and like, I'm, I'm not someone who, you know, who is, you know, I like, I, I have my down days as well, but I mean, I, I think it's, I, I, I think humanity uh, is both horrible and, and wonderful at the same time. And I, I just always try and, you know, look to, well, you know, as long as I'm breathing, there's always tomorrow. And, you know, I'm going to try and make the, make the best, even if I was, even if I was like a complete, you know, lazy ass, you know, or if I was, or if the day sucked or whatever. I think that humanity has two sides to it, like a coin. One side is like the gas station sushi at 7-Eleven. It's good at first, and then afterwards you're in pain for like the next four days to where you think you're experiencing stomach cancer. And then there's the taquitos on the roller at 7-Eleven that you're, you're – and you're like – it's so good. What what was I missing out on with these taquitos at the freaking gas station? They're amazing. And the guy's just looking at you like, how are you swallowing that? They've been there all day. And you're just like, dude, this is what I needed was that buffalo. It was it was that buffalo chicken, bro. And I, then he, I, I love that. I, I think that's what the, I'm looking for in the world. I'm looking for that buffalo taquito at 2 o'clock in the morning that satisfies me. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand that, um, you know, for, for me and for, you know, for me, that's like the, for me, that's the Trader Joe's uh, crab cheese wonton thing that, you know, two, two in the morning uh, as as well. So um, now, are, now, are you much of a, are you much of a gamer on, on like another subject or? I'm on, dude, I'm on all things, man. I try and dive into everything, dude. I'm a gamer. I've been gaming out on World of Warcraft like it's nobody's business. I, uh, I've, I've been getting into like the really old, well, I mean, I guess they're not like super old, but they're they're the older uh, version of the, the Grand Theft Auto games. I've, I've been playing through uh, Vice City. Nothing's better than killing a couple hookers and ordering some chicken. <laughs> That, you that, know it's true, dude. Let me tell you something. You can't do that in everyday life. And when you go into a video game, video games do not produce anger or violence. Video games is a form of therapy because you, when you create a character, when you play a character, you literally can be free to do whatever the fuck you want. I, and sadly, when parents see a 13-year-old kid beating up hookers and throwing them into cars they're like my son's an animal i'm like no your son's just releasing the stress from the his teacher giving him detention so he goes on to this little video game plays as this guy and it just just puts himself in a whole new form that's the true way of displaying a character not what we're doing today in our everyday lives I, I agree. Although I will, I will, I will say too that uh, loot boxes have kind of ruined game gaming for me now. Uh, you know, and I mean, yeah, I guess I'm one of those people that likes to bitch about loot boxes. But it's like it, it takes you out of the the fantasy now. That's why I like to play older games as opposed to 
uh, newer games. I, I just I just missed the game. I just missed the days where you like you bought a game and it was like fucking complete, and uh, you know expansion packs were like an optional thing. So I find it really really interesting about video games like one of my favorites is assassin's creed because it kind of gives like a little bit of a history lesson in a way but also makes it like you're incorporated in it with this assassin and you know that's where i became fascinated with leonardo da vinci where i actually picked up books on leonardo da vinci and started learning more about him and also learning more about ancient mythology and these types of things and i find that games can do that they can break down a way oh yeah uh, to to this other world i found myself fascinated with just older historical things like witches and all these types of things on the concept of it creates a type of fantasy lifestyle where i can understand someone going with foam swords and dressing up like these characters and doing that that live action role playing on you know that you see in fields where you're like these people have no lives i'm like no they're truly happy because they can truly be something that they can't be every day in public anymore well, I mean, that's kind of why I think I, that's the, that's like the same reason why people like, like comic books so much and not just the movies, but like, you know, like, like one of, so I'm a, I'm a big comic book aficionado. Who's and your like, favorite comic book character? Uh, geez. Well, Superhero, whatever. Uh, probably, probably Daredevil. And I actually liked daredevil before um you know the whole uh netflix series came out which is i'm still pissed off that they canceled the uh the marvel tv shows on netflix but the movie was was the shit dude i remember seeing that movie you know the fact that he like sonar like a bat that was pretty insane yeah now, he's, is he your favorite marvel character yeah he's my favorite marvel character as far as I mean, as far as, like, all-time favorite, like, I guess, superhero or, I guess, comic character, I, I would still have to say Batman just because you get a lot into psychology. And, like, also, people bring this up all the time. It's true. Like, I could see someone with, like, a lot of money. Like, Elon Musk could totally be a Batman. A Batman type uh you know person he has the, the money he has you know he he has a tech company so he could probably build whatever he wants um but you know it's 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 stuff like that i mean people bitch about comic books but the reality is it's just the american version of mythology that's all it is i mean the greeks did the same thing with the gods you know and you know and what and we're supposed to study them in school but yet you know teachers crap on comic books you know for not being educational it's the same thing i, I, I see i disagree because i think i've talked to po podcasts with people like one of my uh influences into working out bodybuilder um he works at my gym um nicest guy wears constant superhero t-shirts constant superhero everything just amazing like the, the true definition of a nerd but it's like you see these big bodybuilder type guys are wearing captain america shirts and they're all like nerds they look like literally the concept of what you would think of as like a superhero junkie or comic book junkie and he told me his start in the bodybuilding started from going to the store with a little bit of allowance and i we podcasted about it, it was like one of my fifth episodes or something and it, he was telling me like yeah the start happened when i was just 
just picking up comic books and I had a fascination with making comic books and drawing these characters. And I realized that I was like drawing their bodies. I was like, this is something I want to be a modern day superhero. And he went after bodybuilding and chased it down and then, and now he's a personal trainer and stuff. And you know, that was eye opening for me to understand that. That's and awesome. I, I have a buddy that I podcast with too. His name's Evan. His, he wants to teach biology to people. He wants people to understand better environmental things about biology and the things we can do with plants and things we can do with technology. He also believes you should put a chip in the back of your head, but you know, we differ on different things, obviously, but he wants to create it in a comic book form to help people understand. Like there's a superhero that has like this massive amount of intelligence that's able to kind of use his science and these types of things to create these amazing things like wildlife and creatures and all these types of things i'm like that's what's awesome about comic books it's literally like reading a book but there's cool ass art to it yeah pretty much pretty much um you know and like that that's the same thing with like with acting too like uh you know like the reason why like a lot of people are kind of pessimistic and they're like well the reason why you know, people get into acting is because they hate their real lives and they probably want to, you know, just be someone else. Well, like, in the case of Keanu Reeves, though, for, like, you know, one example, like, you know, he seems to enjoy his normal life, but, you know, also, like, the guy must have, like, a blast playing, uh, you know, John Wick or playing Neo and just getting to, like, you know, play around, like, those, you know, alternate realities, so... Um, so okay now i got i got a big question for you yes green lantern movie did you like it or hate it um i i didn't i didn't hate it i didn't love it but i i liked it actually thank you thank you because a lot of people give that movie shit even ryan reynolds the guy who played green lantern gave it shit i think they could have did better but green lantern has not had a movie that you know he hasn't had a movie he hasn't had anything that really gives his character anything. So I found it very, very fascinating. Then I saw Shazam. Bro, let me tell you something. There's these heroes that don't get looked at as much as Spider-Man and all these other ones. And I'm like, they have the best storylines, though. Like, seriously, like any type of movie, like the Green Lantern movie, when that came out and I saw it, I was a giant Green Lantern fan. He's one of my favorite uh, heroes. I immediately loved it, even if I didn't like a lot of the things they did with it. Only on the concept of there wasn't another movie I could be like, oh, that Green Lantern movie was better. No, there wasn't a, one, another one out there. It's just that one. You I know? well, that's that's really why that's really why I liked you know the that's really why I liked the Daredevil. I mean, I even like the Ben Affleck one. Like, yeah, it's not like comic comic accurate compared to like the the series, but like. It's still a you know a damn good good movie and the, I mean the other thing is, you know like, there's a lot more. There are a lot more people in the comic industry going over into the film industry and so like, these older films like yeah we love to we love to like look at them through, the looking glass like of like 2019 you know or like the current year, but like a lot of these older movies like kind of like the Green Lantern or like the the daredevil movie we're pretty good damn good who do you like better Anne hathaway as catwoman or halle berry uh in terms of looks or 
just as a whole? Just answer the question. I I would say <laughs> I would say Anne Hathaway, but my all-time favorite. What are you shitting me? Halle Berry's hot as hell. My my all-time none of them will ever be uh, Michelle Pfeiffer though. Ah, damn, dude, I don't know. Halle Berry was hot, man. I still like Halle Berry. Halle Berry was a... People forget she was a Bond girl. She was a pretty damn good Bond girl, too. I like a superhero movie that shows structure, too. Like, all right, so here's another one, then. Who do you like better as Spider-Man? Tom Holland, or do you like Tobey Maguire? Uh... Because I grew up with him, I've got to say Tobey Maguire. All right, good. I was about to end this conversation. He's Spider-Man in my mind because I was like, if he says Tom – all right, so people say sometimes I look like Tom Holland. Like I, get, I got a compliment a couple of times from different people saying I look like Tom Holland. I'm like, screw you. And I'm like, why? It's a compliment. I'm like, no, it's not. I freaking hate Tom Holland. I actually will not go see any of the Spider-Man movies because of Tom Holland. Why? Why? What? What? I, mean, I think he's a good part for who Peter Parker is, but I do not like him as a person. I wouldn't say I hate him. I just don't like. I don't know. He seems like he's oh, he's got a freak in the he's got a freak in the mind a little bit. He's is it because bit. is it because he's British? Do you dislike British people, Robbie? I love British people. I have some friends that are British, but I think it's weird they call it tea and crumpets because I don't like tea. And you call it fish and chips. What the hell does that mean? Call it well, food. Drive on the right side of the road, please. <laughs> I, 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 agree, I agree with that. So also, can we, keep, can we stop worshipping the, the Queen of England? They, they, she, doesn't, she doesn't do anything to do. I think anymore. it's really, really weird we have royal families. I just, I hear that. Like, you hear he's royalty. I'm like, what the, f- what, what makes him royal? <laughs> just where he came from? Does he have pure blood or something? Like, we all know that there's a difference between purebred dogs and then mutts. It turns out purebreds, when you hear purebreds, you should think inbred because that means they're not breeding outside of their gene circle. Right. So that's why they experience a bunch of defects. Like a purebred, purebred bulldog is literally it dies at a, at a short age because the fact it can't breathe it has is born with a list of health problems and we could fix that easily by just letting them breed outside of their species type or their, their whatever variant they are but we don't do that because we like to look at the english bulldog i'm like that's messed up we're literally going to create an animal just for it to suffer just because we like the looks a lot better well i mean it's it's the same thing with like uh I, I can't I can't remember which which royal prince was was getting in trouble, but it, it was either like one of them was getting in trouble for like marrying Kate Middleton, or one of them was getting in trouble for like marrying an American. I I can't remember which, but I'm like I'm like in in either case, they're both hot. So what's what's the uh, I'm like I I guarantee you that neither the princes were thinking about politics when they made that decision. And that's that's the other thing. It's like, if, if you're wrong and you're thinking of marriages for like purely political structure, that's odd because again, it's not 1590 anymore, so. Well, if you look at a king, it was just one person with a lot of power. A lot of power, and that power went straight to their heads. 
So I'm like looking at the idea, like, why are we trying to look at a royal family as better than us just because they dress fancy, just because they do this? And why is it the concept of if you're going to think, like, be polite and be correct, you have to think of an English person? Like, be like an English person. They're more proper. I'm like, why are we doing that? I'm pretty sure there's some English people. I know some English people that are slobs. You know what I mean? It's like we, we focus too much on comparisons. I'm like, what is going on? All of, all of my favorite Brits. This is this is another thing. Uh, what type of what type of music do you like in 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 general? I like all types of music, man. My whole family is in radio broadcasting, so I've listened to everything under the sun. I don't I don't like stuff that seems lazy, but I understand the whole aspect of it. Um, but I really do like my one of my favorite types. If I was going to listen to music, reggae, a little bit of like rock, you know. Nice. Like I said, my parents are broadcasters, so I've 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 been under the sun with it, dude. Yeah, I mean, I like all types types of music music too. I I I'm a, I mean, my my music tastes are pretty eclectic too. But like, just on kind of like day to day basis, I I kind of I range around like the jazz area, but then I'll but then I'll like. But then I'll progress like all the way over to to rock and roll, and it's funny that you bring up reggae because uh, like I don't know if you know of the band The Police, but The Police is one of my favorite uh, bands just because like they combine rock, jazz, and reggae. So I like see you know what I found was a really good video game, kind of sticking on the concept of video games was Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Yes, I I. Yes, I love those games, and I that that was that was another thing too, where where like all the parents were like, "Well, I get a real instrument," and I'm like, "No, but you don't under, you don't you don't you just don't get the concept of like what Guitar Hero is. It's just like a fun way to jam, to do that. And plus, there's there's no way that a bunch of like thirteen year old kids, unless they're super dedicated, are going to be able to play like you know." enter sandman or something like that you know in like three hours it helps them see with that fascination if you're not musically talented it helps them see that aspect of what it's like to be talented as a musician and get the popularity that you would in a band my whole family came from bands okay everyone in my family is still in a band i'm the only one that isn't in a band have you ever heard of the band kiss yes Okay, my dad plays in a Kiss tribute band. It's actually pretty popular, and he dresses up like Peter Chris. Now, I know that from me as a child. My dad was the cat man. My dad was, you know, it was crazy seeing him dress up in makeup. I actually went to one of the concerts. and Nice. He played at Ram's Head Live in Baltimore, like this popular thing in front of, like, I think it was like 700 people or something. And seeing him just like on stage was the craziest thing, man. I remember my dad, every concert breaks drumsticks, every single, even at practice, he breaks drumsticks. He used to have a bag of drumsticks in the back of his truck, just so he could pull them out. They're literally like a thing of wizard wands. I thought literally he had some that had these like really comfortable grip handles and stuff. And I remember he broke a drumstick at this performance and was throwing it out into the crowd and I got one and I just picked it up and there was confetti blasting out everywhere, glitter, all this type of like stuff towards the end of their show. And I just started grabbing all the confetti on the little stick and just like running around with it. Cause I was like, I was literally feeling like I was like 
the the just just invincible just because my dad was on stage and then my mom played and like d- did cover songs for like heart uh all these types of like rock bands and stuff and you know it's it's crazy seeing that from your parents and i was so influenced by it like through being raised and stuff where it was just seen as normal you know what i mean and then everyone in my family's in a band my brother's in a popular local band and you know they're going on tour and it's like i for me music wasn't my thing but i remember fondly one night or i was like i think it was the day after christmas i got a rock band drum set for christmas and my dad's like you're gonna let me play on that right i'm like yeah man we get to play video games together this is gonna be fun so it's like two o'clock in the morning probably like 14 years old rock band two i think probably just came out yep i remember that and uh it was crazy because uh, at two o'clock in the morning it was summertime or no we were on christmas break and uh it was like i was playing schools out for summer because like it was like technically my summer i was off for like a week and a half so i'm playing that at, like two o'clock in the morning my dad's just sitting there like watching me play guitar hero or rock band and he was like hey why don't you set up the drum set let me play i'm like it's two o'clock in the morning like you know you're not afraid that people are sleeping in the house like, let's do it i'm like let's do it i'm about to play music with my father this is the dream right here next thing i know it's like five minutes into the not even not even five minutes five minutes into setting up i guess the game and like it was like a minute into the song he broke the fucking drumsticks and then broke the rock band drum set i i'm not i'm not i'm not surprised yeah that was like bro what are you doing he's like sorry man i was just hitting it like i play drums i was like it's not a real drum set man it's it's not that and he's like i'll buy you another one but honestly yeah. i rocked too fucking hard he just got up and walked away and i'll never forget that so, i will never forget those words so is so is the cat man your favorite kiss member then because of your dad or, or are you even a kiss fan or i i am a giant kiss fan my dad immediately made so, sure i was a kiss fan there so was, there was no other options at that point so am i not it, it's funny because my my parents aren't uh even though my mom she loves led zeppelin and she loves the who like she loves like a bunch of good bands but she thinks that kiss is like too much of like pop rock which i don't under, understand but yeah i've i've always loved uh gene simmons so gene is kind of like my spirit animal so for for you better like, or for really, worse you think gene simmons is your spirit animal well well he, well he well he has a huge ego and uh so well i i wouldn't say my ego is that big but it's pretty big for a podcaster so i think it's you know my dad's gonna hate me if I say anybody else is different I, or anybody else is more important than the cat man. But like whenever like that stuff around kiss, I had a rock and roll all night toothbrush. So when you brush your teeth, you're listening to kiss blasting in through your head. And you know, my dad owned like every single statue, every single CD, every single thing. And like when he did, he works radio broadcasting, multiple different radio stations and now owns his own. He uh, has all that stuff in his office, just sitting around everywhere. And I'm, I'm, I've been so influenced by that in a way. I have stories about my childhood. Most kids spent, what, being at home, being babysitted. No, mine was like 
don't have a babysitter. Your brother's going to school, so he can't watch you. So come on, we're going to work. It's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm basically sleeping. Like I'm five years old sleeping on a pillow in a truck. And then next thing I know, bam, we're at his office and I'm running around this radio station basically all day. It was awesome. He, he set up a TV, played the original Mortal Kombat um, in the giant office conference room. And he would check on me like every like 10 minutes or so, 20 minutes or so, whenever he did a commercial break. And he was just coming and he goes, need anything, buddy? I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. I got a bag of Skittles, four Mountain Dews. I'm set. I don't want to go to school. I just want to do this all day. And he's like, all right, all right, calm, calm down, calm down. Do you think um, – so this brings up an interesting question. So I didn't know that your family was into radio. Do you think radio is going to be around for much longer? Do you, do you yeah, think it's, it's going to – still has a place? It's not going to ever die out. Uh, sadly – music does adopt to the whole new it's easier to play music when whatever you want on your phone because you can see what's up next but a lot of people like talk radio is never going to die uh just because people want to hear people talk it's literally just podcasting but on a giant airwave frequency and i don't know man the radio industry i don't see it ever leaving just because the concept of people are going to want to it's like hitting randomize on Spotify or randomize on some music app. You sometimes don't want to pick what's coming up next. Sometimes you just want it something to decide for you. And people like that. People love that aspect. Radio is just, it's too popular. It's where you can get your news. It's where you can get whatever. I will say that one of the things I miss about uh, radio that you don't get in streaming is I, I do miss the, uh, you know, the, the DJs that are, you know, like talk over kind of like a song and given information, you know, like, like a lot of people find that annoying, but I don't know. I, I kind of find that in endearing that like a, that like a DJ is going to go on like a musical journey with you. You know, I don't listen to a whole lot of music anymore. Um, I do sometimes like if I'm feeling it, you know, but I always usually listen to podcasts, but you know, I've had moments where I've, I've been on the radio so many times that I can't even count. And from when I was a little kid, just walking in, my dad be like, come in here real quick. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm about to go on air. I'm going to want you to come over. And he just picked me up, put me on his, put me on his knee. He'd be like, when I tell you to just speak into the microphone, I'm sitting there like a little child, dude, like barely in first grade yet. And I'm just sitting there listening. And my dad comes on the radio and goes, Welcome to 93.5 The Beach. You're listening to Skip Dixon on the radio, and I'm here with my son, Robbie. Why don't you go say hello? And he would just point the microphone to me and immediately start, like, go say something. I'm just like, hi. And he goes, man, a few words, man, a few words. And, like, it was just that connection. Eventually, I was just like, I, I wanted to be on there. People were, like, asking, get your son back on there. And my dad was like, he was a voice for our town, basically, and it, our whole community. People would come by. My dad's worked at a list of radio stations. And he just talks about it. He's like, the only reason I ever leave these stations is because they don't run right. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I be, I'm the program director. So I make sure everything's basically followed. Like I make sure everything's set up. I make sure everything's going on. Make sure there's no dead air. There's times he'd be leaving at three o'clock in the morning 
um, because he had to go fix a problem at the radio station because something wasn't playing. A lot of people don't understand what goes behind when they hear that dead air, like, oh, someone messed up. Yeah, there's a dude working trying to fix that as we're speaking. You know what I mean? Hopefully it happens sooner than later. But I've seen the whole I've seen the whole industry. I know the guys that do the country station that's pretty popular down here, Froggy 99.9. I know all those guys. Um, my dad worked with those people. And everyone knows my dad in the radio business. Like, oh yeah, you're oh you're 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 his kid. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I don't use his name for anything. I could easily use his name. Like he told me when I first started podcasting, hey, why don't you just get a radio segment? You just come on when I'm like after I get off the air, and you just go on and I'll give you your own hour and give you everything. You can reach way more listeners, get your popularity up faster. I told him, no, I'm gonna do this on my own. I got to start my own thing, man. I got to, I got to make this for me. I got to make this in the way I want to make it. And I got to make sure that I, everything I put into it and everything I get out of it is all because of me and all because of the people that are willing to be on. And he tells me, he's like, but if you can automatically get to the point where I like, where I would have wanted to be, like, it took me so hard to get into radio. And then when I finally became this thing that I am now, I, it, I would have wished someone would have offered me that when I was your age. Cause then I would have had a lot more time to get productive. I was like, you won't be productive though. You're just going to feel like you're already complete because you've already been given something. I don't want that. Right. 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 Exactly. Um, I mean, and that was, you kind of already answered my, my questions. Like in, in regards to your, you know, in regards to podcasting, it seems like your parents were pretty, you know, supportive of that and that they actually understood what the medium is. So, Well, they were like, it's it, when it first started, it was like, all right, cool. And then like, as it kind of progressed forward, I've been talking to more people. I think everyone's kind of noticed the change in my personality a little bit. People are like, you're really, really like you're, you don't, you don't, you don't kind of talk a whole lot anymore. You more like you sit there and listen, you understand. And I'm like, yeah, I've also experienced a hell of a lot. And I realized that from when I was 17 years old to the point I am now, it's only been four years. Uh, I've gained so much knowledge and information just on experiences and thoughts and things that people have experienced. And I realized that's where knowledge is. Knowledge is from experience. Yeah. Knowledge is like, knowledge is also more like who, you know, as opposed to just like what you read, if that, may, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like more, like I've learned more from people and, you know, hearing their stories and hearing about their experiences than I ever, you know, have reading like some history book, you know, or reading some biography, not that books, you know, in education aren't important, but, you know, the lessons that have resonated with me are the ones that have been passed from person to person on to me. Well, so then how'd you, like, you told me, you know, you got into politics because it was something you were interested in at school. You didn't have any family influence that kind of brought up the whole politics genre? I mean, my mom, my mom used to listen to, uh, you know, talk radio like a little bit. And I mean, and uh, we don't, the funny thing is we don't really have any, any politicians in our family, but like, I don't know, like, like I said, like, I mainly just kind of like started observing kind of this whole kind of culture war and, you know, everything, everything kind of, you know, being everyone kind of getting, you know, more like overly sensitive over just like ridiculous stuff. And like, I, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I don't know. It's, 
it's kind of like hard to kind of explain how you know i first started because like where i started and where i am now like i'm a completely different person you know like when i first started talking politics like i'm i'm definitely like a lot more uh i mean i guess some people would say i'm like, like a lot more neutral even though i don't think i am i think a lot of my views have kind of stayed the same i've just been more aware of who I've become as a person, but like, um, like I, like I, I don't know. I've just, I guess for me, I it kind of started, uh, you know, like listening to talk radio and then just kind of starting to experience kind of what was going on in the world around me and kind of how, not even how politics was changing people, but kind of how pop culture and the internet was changing people for the better or for the worse. And I was kind of like, this is really bizarre how like, you know, we used to be able to talk about like complex subjects and like we could- It becomes like a dumb fart joke. Well, yeah, or, or like, you know, or like kind of like I I talked about with you on your podcast, you know, the whole idea of like, let's agree to disagree like like on like on gun control i know that i know that there are several people who think that because of the mass shootings we should we should ban all all guns i don't think that you know banning all guns is going to solve anything because i think that people i think that evil people and they truly do exist i think uh the ones who want to cause damage will cause damage no matter what and uh, i don't think that like restricting guns further will eliminate that now on the flip side i don't think that we need to um i don't think that we need to necessarily lift any more gun restrictions either um but like i i just think that like there is a that like we we can talk at these serious issues and just because just because i don't want to necessarily restrict guns anymore doesn't mean that like i'm a nausea that wants to kill kids and just because someone might want to take guns that doesn't mean that they're all you know like government slave owners or shills you know yeah you know what i mean like i just don't like kind of the two extremes of like how people are just like at each other's throats People can't defer from a character from the actual person. And it's harder every single day that the way we fall into this act. So, yeah, it, it just, it, it drives me and it drives me insane so, so much. And that's why, that's why I like, why I kind of like your podcast because when I asked you if I could come on, you were like, sure. You know, you weren't, you weren't like, you know, like one of these people that kind of took me out and was like, oh, no, you're too controversial or something, you know, I'm like anything that's considered if you say something is not for somebody, then you've already niched your podcast. I don't do that because I'm a conversationalist. I'm out here to hear everyone's story and everyone's experience. No, I've had people from Reddit give me some name and some character. My name is Unicorn Part Fart Puncher 32. I'm like, OK, well message me through facebook sir 
they literally create a Facebook to message me and try and get on the podcast. And I ended up discovering who these people truly are and then be like, all right, well, let's podcast with this actual person. Stop giving me the fake image you want to display. Next thing I know, I'm learning about a dude that delivers pizza at fucking two o'clock in the morning. And he's like, most of the time we're getting stoners that don't remember their order. I'm like, so how do you get it? He goes, we just look in the system and go to their house. And next thing you know, they're like, man, you saved my life, dude. I was on the brink of star. I'm hearing this stuff, but I'm like, these are people. We all have something. We all have something interesting. If you say you're not a fit for my podcast, you're not, you don't value yourself because you have something about you that's truly inspiring and awesome about you. And it's unique. Whether you build Ikea furniture or whether you make your own stained glass or whether you just do something, it's, it's different and it's unique and I want to hear it. Well, and I, well, and I mean, that's the other thing. Like I, like I tell people, you know, I, and like the, the other thing too, that I think the one limitation of podcasting is still kind of out there is like the cat is the whole category thing, which has kind of, I mean, I get why it's there. You have to put your podcast in, into something, but like, I'm in the politics section, but like obviously I talk like way more than just politics. Like I kind of consider myself like a, like a politico slash kind of like a semi comedian slash like an, like just kind of like a conversationalist. And, uh, you know, like I, like I always tell people like, yeah, you might, you might like or dislike my podcast, but you know, like you're, you're welcome to listen to it. And you know, like I like I guarantee you that like half that like there's going to be people that love your podcast that love this conversation and they're and they're probably gonna check out, you know, your podcast because of it. They're and they're and then there's gonna be like other people who are like, Well that Robbie sucks and he's like a horrible guest. Don't have him don't have him on again and I'll just say like, Okay, I don't you know like I appreciate your feedback, but it's it's my show, and you know, like it's my podcast, and you can you can tune in if you want, but you know. So that's that's kind of what I like about podcasting too, is you kind of get to do whatever you want in this medium. I'm not. You want to run it how you want to run it, man. You have an idea of what you want. The whole idea is capitalizing it and making it into something. A lot of people just don't know what to do with it and they just look for others opinions and other suggested advice it's okay to take that advice but make sure that you're still remembering the true aspect of what you want it to be you know i've had people say you would get more views if you uh limited it to a certain um structure maybe had a certain topic you talk about or a niche audience i'm like then i do that then i'm losing the whole concept of wanting to talk with everyone in the world see and though I also if i do that I'm limiting myself to a certain audience. Yeah, it might get me more views, but this is the one thing I hate about YouTube when I upload to it is it tells me it's views. When I upload to Anchor, when I upload to all these podcast platforms, they tell me the views and the likes, the shares and downloads it gets. I don't care about how much likes it gets. Yeah, it'd be awesome if a lot of people are listening, but I just want more people to be on. I want people to realize they're interesting. I like it when someone goes, I had an amazing time. I post everyone's feedback on their episodes. I still have yet to post yours and when i do post yours i want to hear you listen to it i want to make sure you love it and then if you share it that's cool but i'm not going to force you to i'm not going to get upset if you don't i want you to have an enjoyed time on it and i want to make sure that the experience was awesome because for me it is awesome 
oh, and I, I want you to, I want you to hear my podcast and like, you're, you're welcome to listen to like my other ep- episodes, you know, too, as well. Like, like I'm, so like, I, I guess kind of like the other thing for me too, is like, I kind of started this, this podcast kind of like, uh, you know, mainly focusing on politics and then like, uh, because when I was in high school, I wanted to get into political radio like really bad in, in Denver. And so for the first couple of years of doing my, my original podcast, the field analysis, like I ran it like a d- traditional radio show. And then um, when I was a senior in high school, like I went to a, a, a convention and uh, like I actually found the station manager for one of the local talk stations. And I, I told him who I am and, I actually like send him a link to like some of my, some of my stuff, and he actually came back to me the next morning. We were, we went in a hotel, and he's like, you know, I real I real like your stuff, um, and like all the all the other radio hosts were like like your stuff. Like if it were up to me, I would bring you on, you know, to like try you out for a bit. But corporate doesn't want people um under 18 without a uh without like some sort of college degree in broadcasting and uh so you know that kind of uh that was a that was a bummer but then I was also planning to move to Florida and I mean so at that point like I don't know. I, I guess the radio dream kind of evolved and I was kind of like, well, let me just experiment more with this podcasting thing. And so like, I, I started listening to like Joe Rogan and like Adam Hurl and how they were doing their podcast, like more conversationally. And I, and I'm like, well, I think I'd like to try this kind of like adapting. So what if I, you know, did this? So like I evolved it from more to like, you know, from more like strictly politics to, you know, pop culture to just kind of like, you know, rants. Like I said before, sometimes like I'll just hit record and rant like by myself on like whatever kind of like Bill Burr style. And so for me, this podcast has like evolved a lot from what it originally was. And that's part of the fun of this too. It's like seeing how the medium has changed a lot too. So. Yeah. But- the world's changing and adapting. The problem is it's hard to stay doing what you want to do if it, with the concept of views and likes and stuff in your mind. A lot of people choose that and they think, well, this is getting a certain amount of likes, so maybe I should do this. And then that might throw the whole vibe of the show off. It might throw the whole concept of, you know, you might, you might not enjoy it, but it, it might get you views. Once you stop enjoying it, you're not going to be as productive in producing it and putting work towards it's going to turn into a job you don't ever want it to feel like a job well i mean i mean and i am on youtube and i i do live stream and i mean i i enjoy that but you're right i mean the so the the way youtube works uh sucks because you basically have to like hit a thousand subs before they like actually give you any uh you know worthwhile tools so i mean that that's like that's like the other thing thing like a lot of these companies like twitter and instagram like they want you to have like massive followers because it um you know 
because that means more revenue for them. But like, you know, I only have like, I only have a thousand followers on Twitter, which is relatively small, but you know, like that's fine. You know, like I don't need, I don't need 10 K, you know, followers to feel better on myself. Like I have, you know, friends in my real life and, you know, people who I've met, like, you know, you through this online journey who validate me much more than, you know, just like, you can call me a friend, Nate or Sam. Well, I, well, I appreciate, I appreciate that, Raleigh. And you can call me a friend too. So I keep calling you Nate on accident because your, your, your last name is the same as one of my buddies, um, Nate Whitfield. And he is actually on my podcast too, but I've been friends with him forever. So immediately I just think of both of you. I think Whitfield. Ah, uh, you, 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 you can you can call me Nate. You can you can call me. Uh... Sadly, you're a little bit better than Nate. No offense to Nate out there. Love you, Nate. You can call me. You can call me. Uh, uh, you you can call me Tom. You know, or whatever whatever you want. Just don't call. Just don't call me asshole. You know, or like, <laughs> or anything, or anything that like my ex, that like one of my ex girlfriends might might call me. So. Dude, let me tell you something, man. If you keep this podcast going, you're going to see nothing but amazing feelings and at least amazing inspiration from it, dude, because it's a good concept, dude, and it's definitely something the world needs out there, a little bit more creativity in a world that's lacking creativity. I'm, I'm, tw- I'm, 12, I'm 12 years in, into this. I'm 12 years into it. So, you know, and that, that's the other thing, too, is, I mean, I wish, I wish more people would – uh would realize that you can't make like something work overnight. Like, so I, I, I don't know. I know you're on Facebook, but are you in the anchor like connect community or whatever it's called? I don't know what I'm involved in. I'm on Craigslist selling conversations for a nickel a pop. I don't know. I'm, I honestly, I'm just, I'm trying to expand the reach, but I'm not too worried about it. I think people will end up finding it, but also, you know, it's, it's hard to see who's not trying to get just a platform to sell their product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, which I've, which I've had, I've had plenty of, I've had plenty of those people, you know, too. They, they just want me to like sell their, sell their book. And I'm like, I'm not really in- interested in that unless it's like an author that I want to talk to. Uh, you know, I don't want people just to come on and show their products. So I I, re- I already have anger sponsors to do that. And, and, and even those sometimes feel a little weird sometimes. So I don't know. But. Well, man, I mean, I've had a good experience on this podcast. It's been pretty cool talking to you. Yeah, I've had a good time too, sir. Thanks for coming on and you're welcome back anytime. So For sure, man. Hit me up with another day. I'm down to be on the Whitfield Report. I like that. It makes it sound official. When I say out of the blank, people are like, what is that? Like a like a, I like a, I think it's I think it's cool, a cool name. I I do want to ask real quick how how did you come up up with that name? Cuz out of the blank, what do you think it means? I just think like anything can happen. There you go. Yep, it's a cool name. That's why I did a spinoff called Fill in the Blank, where then we focused on specific topics, which were mostly like conspiracy theories and dumb stuff you never would have thought of. Clever. Well, I'll be sure to check out that one, that one too. You, you, 
you said my favorite word, which is conspiracy theory. So, um, dude, you but, gotta look up. You gotta look up my other podcast, man, and just look at some of the stuff we talked about, and then have me back on because I'll I'll shoot the shit with you on some stuff because I know. I have literally so many articles printed out from when I was doing that podcast where I ended up stopping because I try and post this one every single day. And I already, I found it before where I was getting real personal interviews, like people in front of me, like real conversations with people. It was harder to do because people would always bail out last minute. So it was always safe to have a fallback type thing where I could still uh-huh. post which was this other podcast where I would just have my friends over that were on it, like Tashawn Collins and uh evan uh chris rourke all these guys uh and they just came over and i'm like what are you interested in they're like 19th century victorian surgery i'm like the fuck okay um all right i'll give me two days i'll come back to you then my one buddy's like i'm interested in weird history i'm like what's weird history they're like i don't know like foods i'm like give me what's what is it foods or weird history next thing i know i look up how cornflakes was created and it was created to prevent masturbation i'm like all right well here's a topic we're going to shoot the crap on for 30 minutes and next thing you know a podcast was created yeah that yeah that that's and that's that's what that's why i don't that's why i don't eat cornflakes either so but um i feel like it's a good way to keep yourself sane through the day so you're not just randomly jerking off in people's houses well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, you know, like a lot of people I know don't have that problem. I, I, I certainly, certainly don't, but you know, I like to go, I like to go back to, 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 to Rogan's bit too. Uh, and I'm going to butcher it. So apologies to, uh, to Joe Rogan, but I, I think it's something along the lines of you don't want to go, go on a date without without uh jerking off first because you're going to make bad decisions as we as a result he, he says no one talks rationally or thinks rationally when they're pent up with all this extra juice and it's the concept of that's true if you jack off before you talk to a girl that you think you really want to get with and you really want to start a relationship with i guarantee you 99.9 percent of the time your thoughts are going to change because you are not thinking rationally it's like being drunk your expectations and your bars get set to a really low standard when you're on the concept of I need to get this out of me. It's sad. It's sad, but it's true. You make rational decisions when you're just empty. And that's probably the best advice for anybody. If you're going into something big, thinking you're jumping headfirst into something and not thinking about it clearly, just jack off. And then afterwards you'll be like, Oh shit. I can yep. set my house on fire for insurance money because I'll get caught. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds it sounds it sounds good to me. Well, hey man, I want to thank you for uh, coming on to the uh, podcast, and uh, hopefully it works for you, man. With this episode, I don't know what the hell the focus was, but it was awesome talking. It was uh, it was a conversational podcast, and you know, since the we're and for those of you who are uh, listening, we're actually doing this on uh, Monday, but you'll be hearing this on Thursday, so. I'm interested since it's more towards the end of the week when people will be hearing this, like what their reaction is going to be. So, but, uh, anyway, dude, uh, I'll, uh, I'll cut the audio and then, uh, we'll sign off after that. Thanks for listening folks. And I'll talk to you on Saturday. So.